0: Every once in a while, I have a guest on this podcast that has a story so compelling, you can't help but get emotional. Brandon Scott's story starts with him as an obese kid with Tourette's, who was relentlessly bullied because of it. But as he grew up, he turned his adversity into an asset, and he began to use his difference to his advantage. This episode is dedicated to anyone who's ever been bullied for being different. Brandon, thanks so much for joining us. No problem at all. I would... uh Well, thank you for having
1: me. But You've made me wake up at six in the morning, travel from Wales (laughs) to London. So let's just leave it a thank you for
0: (laughs) coming up here. Thanks so much for making the trip. Um, I want to start with something I heard you say when you were talking about your own childhood. And you said you used to be a small, obese boy who had Tourette's. And because of that, you were bullied. Do you have many memories from back then? Yeah, I I, I remember all like it was yesterday. I remember the people's names. I remember the names of
1: the classes, what classes it happened in. I remember it all. It was Because um, I'm so, when I'm like on cameras and stuff, people see me and I'm so hyper now and I'm so, they say I'm full of joy and I'm happy. Mm. They think, oh, he must have been hard work in school. He must have been like, you know, the one running around causing trouble. But I wasn't. When I was in school, I was never really in school. So I was always leaving to box. But um, when I was in school, I was, I was shy. I was getting bullied tried to keep to myself i had like maybe three or four friends in school who i'd try and I just, I just stayed away from everyone i was the polar opposite of where i
0: am now it's, you know, it's a complete switch <laughs> do you do you remember understanding and realizing what they were bullying you for uh they called
1: me fat it was, it was mainly my size no normally picked up on my ticks. really i'd get the odd little joke about my my, my Tourette's but it, it, was, it was more of a joke i, I know I, it wasn't picking on me it was it was just a, a joke. But it was my size they'd, they'd pick on me for. It was how fat I was. Um, I didn't help, but I was so shy that I didn't even, like, fight back against it. I think if I look back now, and I joked with them, it might have taken, like, the sting away. Like, you know, if you Bobby knock someone's house, mm. and they just, they never answer the door, you're going to stop Bobby knocking the house, aren't you? That's what I thought. If I just leave them, if I just leave them do it, myself, they'll leave me alone. It didn't happen. It just got worse. And then, obviously, then... I, that's what kicked me on to do my boxing.
0: The Tourettes uh, I find super fascinating. I don't know too much about it apart from the the stereotype of like blurting out swear words, which I know is miles from the truth. When, when did Tourettes? When when was it apparent that you had Tourettes?
1: Well, it's quite funny because I didn't uh, I didn't have it until I was eight eight years old. Before I had that, I had a really bad stutter, mm. like really bad stutter. It was like it would take me five minutes to ask what I you know, ask could I have food. It was like. Uh, Hello. Mm. You see, it used to break my mother's heart. She told me that all the time. And then, from, I don't remember from when I was like, this is going off what my parents tell me. One day, it was just, it went. And I started doing this.
0: Hm.
1: Hm. Making like little hiccup noises. and I'd, I'd do the odd blink. And they didn't really think I, anything of it. But then, they said, as I got older, it got progressively worse. And obviously, mm. I remember it all now. I, I know where it is. but It's just, it came out of nowhere. I, I couldn't tell you what started it where it literally went from a stutter to me blurting out, looking like I'm having a seizure like that.
0: <laughs> do you think like when it went internalized, and I'm just thinking out loud, that it was something to do with you becoming aware of it, getting a bit older, and therefore trying to internalize it a bit more? I I don't know.
1: Only because other people in my family have it too, but mm. not as bad as me. Like some of my brothers have little tics. My mother has a little tick, but they may just like move their finger a bit. Me, I've I've very clearly got it the worst in my family. You know, I, I make big noises. I, I do big, like, twitches. And like, as I said, a bright light sets it off. Ooh. On the train on the way up here, it went from dark to light, and I was sitting on the chair minding my own business, and then the sun just popped out of nowhere, and I start doing this, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, shit, my God. i try and hide from the sun then. I'm sitting here, and I'm trying my best to avoid that thing, Ooh. that massive light that's going to be setting me off for the next hour or so. But you learn to live with it. You learn to accept there's almost a separate entity to you. you. learn to live with it just like the ADHD, just like with the Tourette's, just like with my past. You learn just to accept it. I can't control it. Pointless me dwelling and being upset about what I can't control. I may as well make the best out of what I have.
0: It's a fantastic attitude. I think looking back, kids with ADHD and other neurodivergent conditions, they, on average, we receive 20,000 more negative comments than your average child and as a result of that you can often feel different do you remember feeling different when you were younger i I always stood out um it's like
1: i wasn't i wasn't a hyper kid but sometimes i was very hyper i'm Mm. not like i'm hyper now because i've you know i had a red bull to keep me awake and i'm on one of those days but Mm. some days i like i hate big crowds of people hate big crowds of people. I'm confident when I'm in a room with a few people and there's a camera on me, I'm good like that. Whenever I'm with either a group, a big, big group of people or a girl my age, I freeze. <laughs> I completely freeze. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't really like, I'm. I just, I just, it's almost like I have an alter ego that comes out. It's just the confident side to me. When I was younger, uh, all like the kids wanted to go out and they wanted to party. I didn't want to party. I wanted to stay home and just play my game. I wanted to. At the time, I thought it was just because I was scared and like I didn't want to do anything new, which I think to a degree, it was that. But you probably know it. Like you know, you you speak about it a lot yourself. Like being different and standing out. It's just you think standing out's a bad thing. And you think why am I different? I don't want to be different, and you want to mm. try. You're trying to please other people, fit in with other people, and that's. I'm not political. I don't try to spread a message, like you know, just force any messages out. But I do say it's okay to be different.
0: Mm. It's not
1: bad. If you want to stand out, that's fine. As long as you're yourself. I'd rather be myself and it, you know, and not have a million friends, but be myself and have a very small circle. Because that's what I have. I have a very small circle of friends. but We all understand that it's okay to be different. Mm. And now I'm on a podcast chatting with you. You're a great guy in a room full of great people. <laughs>
0: so, you know, being yourself does lead to good situations. It does. Well, there's only one of you. So you have to embrace it. Yeah, there'll only ever be one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, what was your relationship like
1: with your parents? Me and my family are very close. I, I come up here with my brother, Dav now, just me and him. Me and, through my boxing career, my father trained me for most of it. My father was my main coach. Uh, me and my mother are all clo- are very close. Me and my two sisters are close. We're all a very very close family, you know. We're all nerds. We all love to spitball ideas, what I'm gonna do in my next fight. We all play games with each other. Uh, Fortnite is the recent one <laughs> where my rage just gets out of control. Uh, but no, we're, we're a very close family and I'm very grateful for that because you can't, you can't fake, you can't like hide who you are around people 24-7. Mm. If it's just when you go to school or it's just you see someone occasionally, you can put on a bit of a mask. You can kind of you know, hide who you are a little bit. I'm not saying you should, but it's, it's easier. But when you're around someone 24-7, eventually you're going to show who you really are. Mm. And it's almost like you can go and you can be that's that's how I live my life for I'm I'm never but what I'm trying to say is when you're around people twenty four seven who you know you can be friends with, who you know get you and you get them, it's very reassuring. Like do you have are you close with like or a girlfriend you're around twenty four seven, someone you're around twenty four seven you can just be yourself with?
0: Yeah, definitely. Then, yeah I know what you mean. You sort yeah. of come home, you can close the door behind you and oh yeah. And yeah. You, you can you can relax the, the stiff yeah. jaw. You don't need to put on that front anymore.
1: Exactly. And it's like, you can just kind of sit back and just be like, Ugh.
0: "Yeah, yeah."
1: when can I go to bed?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so vital to have that support and to have that community, whether it's family, friends, partner, whoever, that you can be your true self with. Because like you said, masking, putting on an alter ego, mirroring other, other people all day is exhausting. And, and that can lead to burnout, anxiety, all sorts of other comorbidities that, you know, <coughs> are not good. So to have that support system is vital. And with your family, with the Tourette's and the ADHD, was that spoken about from a, from a young age or was that something that came about more recently?
1: No, and we don't really speak about it much, which I like because it's almost like, I think if we, if we always spoke about it, I think I'd have made it a big thing. Mm. But because I was brought up and I never spoke about it, to be honest, I forget I have it half the time. I, 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 even, even my tics, I just do it in my room. And I almost, oh, wherever I am, and I'll, I forget I have it. I'll tell you a funny story of when I had a reminder of it. I, I live in a house in obviously a street full of people. Now, one of my ticks is I go, ha! and I bark like a dog. Now, my bedroom window was open, okay? Mm. So I'm sitting in my room now, ironically, watching Predator 2. I was, <laughs> Predator, I was watching Predator 2, and I switched off, and I went, ha! And my dog started barking outside because he thought I was a dog. So my dog starts barking. Now, as a reaction of that, next door's neighbor dogs started barking. And then the house opposite my house started barking. And Alex, I'm not lying. Within about two minutes, we had about eight, eight houses of dogs just barking. (laughs) And it all stemmed from my tick. And I was just sitting there in my room looking at the TV while there's these dogs going crazy. And I was just like, oh, my God. (laughs) I found that funny. I'm not going to look at that and go, oh my God, I found it so funny. I was sitting there while those dogs were going crazy. I was just sitting there laughing to myself going, I've done that. That's because of my, that's because of my bark. (laughs) I've caused that. And it's a very, it's a very weird feeling.
0: It's so nice to to be able to look at situations like that and laugh and add humor to it. Because a lot of people in those situations, they might feel a bit of shame or a bit of guilt or whatever. But to be able to look at those situations uh, with humor... And, take, and find the lighthearted side to it. Yeah. Um, it's su- such a powerful tool. When did you realize that you had ADHD as well? Again, when I was younger, I'd been, I haven't been like checked for anything
1: new or anything since I was about 10. Mm. I've had it for, like I said, most of my life, which is why I've just, I've learned to live with it. And half the time I forget to have it. But it's like, when people, I think when people think of ADHD, they instantly think of someone who's just really hyper, Now, granted, I'm very hyper. I'm a very energetic person. Some days I'm not. Some days I'll wake up and I'll just be counting down the seconds till I can go to bed and temporarily die. I just, I'm just... But other days I wake up and I'll be like... But it's my mind that's more busy than my body. It's like I can't do more than... Like, I have to do more than one thing at once. It's like when I'm speaking to people sometimes, you know, there's this big thing I've had to try and learn now is make eye contact with people when I speak. Really struggle with that. It's like if I'm speaking to someone and I'll I'll be like this, I'll be like yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even on my phone, I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember my father shouting out, shouting at me right before he said you've got all in manners. I I, I, I struggle more to understand people when I'm making eye contact with them. It's like I'm trying so hard to make eye contact with them. I'm focusing so hard on making eye contact. I can't remember what they said. I'm like they could be saying this, this, like they could be saying something to me. I'm like make eye contact, make eye contact, and I'll be like. (laughs) Or they just said, like, ha ah, yeah, 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 oh that's great. And he's just told me his dog's died. Like, you know, I, I know it's I can do I can do one thing at a time. So like someone's speaking to me and I'm just kind of fidgeting, looking down, where I'm like, I try to make eye contact, I'm trying to learn because with my profession, I've got to learn to speak to people. Mm. But I do struggle and it's it's very hard. But it's more my mind wanders all the time. Like do you have it when you lay in bed and like you're trying to go to sleep and you're like you close your eyes and before you know it you're, thinking, you're just thinking of something so random mm. and you're like well, how have I got to this it's like it's almost like a, a night out getting drunk you start off in a club and then three hours later you're just looking around thinking how the hell have I gotten here that's where I'm like when I go to bed and I'm trying to sleep it's like my mind just goes on its own little adventure
0: your body wants to relax but your mind's like nope not gonna let that happen yeah. And you just start thinking of a million things and the eye contact is so relatable and I'm looking at you in the eye now, and when I do these interviews, I am, but actually I, I I can't speak. I'm speaking now, and I'm looking over there. I'm looking over there. If I'm looking at you in the eye, I'm thinking, should I look at you in the left eye? Yeah. Should I or look at the, right the right eye? eye? Y- yeah. I'll i go f- for the nose, the, the center. Yeah, look, the-
1: <laughs> we should just agree to look at the floor when we speak yeah. <laughs> the entire interview. is like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you should yeah. just look at the floor the entire time.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so relatable, and I know so many people are going to be listening and r- relating to that, the eye contact thing. And actually... Forcing yourself to make eye contact in itself is masking, yeah. I think, because you're you know you're you're told that that's what you should do in order to look normal. Exactly. So you force yourself to do it, even if it's at the detriment of your ability to focus and pay attention to what they're saying and actually have a proper conversation. Super interesting, something I'm trying to get better at. Um, but yeah, even now doing these interviews, you know, I'm making eye contact. But yeah. do you do you find? You you're doing it slightly less or do you think you're you're still conscious of eye contact? Uh no I'm am still
1: very conscious of it mm. especially because like when I said I I like my, one of my ticks with my threat is I I nod my neck and I, I look away mm. and it's like once I brought it's like I have to work my way to make eye contact and then I'll break eye contact with a tick. and it's almost like oh, I've got to do it again now. It's almost like I've I've broken out of jail and when I do this I break back into jail and not, I've got to try and break back into jail. And it's just—it's a very hard thing to constantly do. But whereas I'm lucky, my last press conference, I put a Spider-Man mask on, so I didn't didn't have to make eye contact with anyone. I was just looking at the floor—the dark (laughs) matter thing. No one can see where your eyes are, can they? So Mm. people think it's me being a nerd, but the reality is I'm just masking my eye contact. Yeah, yeah. But it's—it's a weird thing, isn't it? Like, how like you use about thirty words. I don't know what they mean because you're intellectually way ahead of me. But like you said about. How the brain can work, and like how something as simple as locking people in the eye to some people can be such a challenge. Just
0: well, for me, it's I can look you in the eye, but because I'm my my brain is completely occupied then with the process of looking at you in the eye, and I'm thinking, am I looking at you too yeah. much? Do I need to blink now? Yeah. And because I'm thinking about that stuff, I can't think about what you're saying, and yeah. let alone a response that's going to make any sense.
1: And in the end, what I find then is like I haven't actually listened. I may just give off an awkward giggle. I'll go, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But then, I'm, then i I myself thinking, does he know I haven't just listened to him then? And I just like, your mind's constant. It's like you have a, it's like you're someone living in your head. Mm. It's like most people are probably just like, they hear a voice in their head when they think, but us, it's like, well, I feel like I have someone living in there. And he's constantly speaking to me, telling me different things. And it's like, my body can finally rest, and it's like, my body can go, oh, I can go to sleep now. My mind will go, no, 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 now it's my turn.
0: Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's, it's such a weird thing. Do you find it, to get like that, do you find that racing mind often can give you anxiety? I yeah, it,
1: I, I, do, I do feel anxious, like I said, especially when I'm in mid conversation with someone. And what I find is I speak very, especially in like interviews, I speak very fast and very, not fast, but very consistent. And sometimes i find I, I might not think before i speak
0: mm.
1: and i might have said something and just spoke and i'll be like oh did i just say something that's not really and it's just it's just
0: plays with your head mm. but again you learn to live with it just- is that like poor impulse control i don't know if you find that with speaking you, like you said you can blurt something out with and normally pause think say whereas sometimes with people with adhd you just there's no there's no gap between the thought and it coming out of your mouth. It's just, no, it's just
1: as soon as as soon it as the, the hits the brain, yeah. it's out. Yeah. It's like, oh, that'd be a good idea. It's like it's like sending a text message, a proofreading it after you've sent it. <laughs> that's the best way I think about it. It's like you send a text message, then you think, wait, was that okay? Does that make sense? Was that? And before you know it, you're speaking about something really different. You're like, yeah. shit, where are we in the conversation yeah. now?
0: Or well, you've said something vulgar or something t- that's offended someone. Yeah. And then you're thinking about that for the rest of the day. Literally. My dad says it all the time. When I'm having an interview, I, I blabber on.
1: People, some people call me motor mouth. Uh, and my dad just says to me, you don't half blabber on, he says. And I'm like, it's a blessing and a curse, I said. It's, I ha- it's good to have the ability to talk, but sometimes it's just, you, you, it just, it's just like, I'm not actually thinking what I'm saying. It's like the guy in my mind, he's the one speaking. He's, he's there with a the microphone. And I'm, I'm just kind of the guy delivering. I'm just passive.
0: In, enjoying life. Yeah. So fascinating. So relatable. I asked you to, to think of an item. And this is something I'm just starting to ask all my guests now. And you're the first one to think of an item that most represents ADHD in your life. And you could have said any item in the world. And you said an adult magazine called Razzle. Called Razzle. It had to be Razzle. So I'm going to pass this to you. And if you could kindly explain... Firstly, with, the, with this rat, um, with this, let's just say this,
1: this book, mm. say, this, oh no, mag. I just thought the idea, firstly, of you walking into a shop and having to awkwardly buy this was so funny.
0: I could just picture you there. Hi, could I purchase this, please? <laughs> Coming up on the train this morning, I swear 10 people saw that in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine it. But also, there's a meaning try reading this for
1: more than two minutes and trying to concentrate. Seriously, you open, you, you'd open this and you're reading it having a good time and within two minutes, your mind's just elsewhere. You're like, oh, I'm reading it. Uh, try reading that and trying to concentrate. And that's, that's my reason for this comic, which I'm going to take home now.
0: You can keep that one. <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> well, I think that makes sense. I mean, I, I've, I, I, can, I have never read a book and that always shocks people sometimes because I can't sustain my interest more than a couple of pages or chapters at best. I don't know if you, you is that the similar kind of thing you're talking about with a magazine? I get to about page three and I'm gone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I get to about page three and I'm just thinking about, ooh. Is that just <laughs> with
0: adult magazines or is that with? <laughs> well, that's
1: with many things. Yeah. No. but all,
0: all jokes aside, can I put this behind? here? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, it's with my drawings. I love drawing. Mm. I, I love drawing. And my brother Dave always makes fun of me for it. I can't finish a drawing. I get halfway through a drawing, saying, oh, CRS, I'm, I'm drawing Superman. Yeah, halfway through Superman. I'm like, I don't want to draw Superman anymore. I want to draw a Ninja Turtle. Mm. And I'm drawing a Ninja Turtle and I'll get halfway through it. I don't want to do that anymore. And you could you could look in my, I, I might finish the occasional drawing if they're easier to do, but the ones that take longer and you have to put detail into, I can't finish them. I can't, because same with reading a comic book. I've got loads of comics in my room, but I can't finish them. I get to about, five pages in, ten pages in, and I'm thinking, I want to do something else now. I want to do something, I want to read a different book, I want to watch film, I want to, I want to go for a run, I want to do so many, it's very hard to keep focused on one thing for a certain amount of time. Mm. Like you said, you struggle to concentrate. That's why I think boxing helps me so much, because boxing is one of the very, very, very few things where I, I, I don't want to say feel normal, but I feel like, I don't, feel, I don't feel my tics. I don't feel my ADHD. I just feel like I can concentrate on that one thing and I can really build on it. Since when I started boxing, I think I was, obviously I started boxing I was getting bullied and I'd watched Rocky. We spoke earlier really about 80s mm. films. Rocky falls perfectly into that category. Now Sylvester Stallone built like a man with a Toblerone on his chest, you know, boom, 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 boom. boom. I thought, I want to look like that. So I started boxing uh, not knowing how hard it was, really. You know, you just, like you said, we, we go through phases, and I thought boxing could have just been a phase. I started boxing, and one of the only things in my life where I became obsessed with it, it wasn't a case of most people train three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I trained six days a week, every day. It, it didn't just go from my life, and then boxing came in, and then I boxed a couple of times along with my life. It went from on Monday, I was the kid who got bullied, Monday night, I was a boxer for the rest of my life. That was it, there and then. It's been like, like that every single day. There hasn't been a day in my life and s- since that first day I walked in a boxing gym, mm. and I haven't thought about boxing, haven't done something to do with boxing. It's been every day. It's been an obsession. So, I don't know. That's like my, that's like my saving grace, really, especially with my Tourette's because you can watch me, my, me fight. I don't really tick when I fight. I think it's because I'm so... I think it's because, like, when my body your body enters fight or flight, it can kind of overcome things like that. It's like, right, we're gonna fight now. I got to, I'm so in the zone. I might give the odd little like blink of one eye, but like sometimes, you know, I look like I'm, I've popped a pill or something. But when I'm fighting, I'm, I'm in the zone. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm just a me. That, I think that's why it's, it's, I think that it's just one thing that's stopped all that. I've,
0: I've interviewed a lot of people now on this podcast and, and they've all, yours is boxing but the consistency is when the adhd person finds their passion and finds something that enables them to become obsessed or they become obsessed about it. there's no stopping them yeah. and interestingly i interviewed a guy called liam harrison liam harrison who is a, a world champion muay thai fighter um with adhd and he said very similar to what you just said he, he said it is a massive benefit to him when he's in the ring um can you see it being a massive benefit when you're yeah. in the ring
1: I feel, I feel on top of the world when I when I'm fighting or when I'm in a fight week. I feel like someone could shoot me in the head with a shotgun and I would laugh it off. I feel that invincible. I feel like Silver Surfer. Nothing can touch me. Mm. It's like how we like adrenaline spikes and like the not putting a face on, but like with boxing, there's. We have a thing called now, because I'm with Matroom, we have a thing called Fight Week. Mm. It's not just a fight. There's a whole week that builds up to it. We have, on Wednesday, there's uh, an open workout where you train for the, in front of the public and you show them what you can do. Me, I dress up a Spider-Man, flip over the ropes and do backflips and start breakdancing in a Spider-Man costume. Bosh. But Wednesday, we have a press conference. Again, where I may dress up in a Spider-Man costume and... Uh, make a few silly jokes. <laughs> Fine up. Like my first my first press conference. I remember I going into like can I explain how all the boxing thing works with the the match room and the big scene quickly? Yeah yeah. How it works is there's this is no disrespect to small hall boxing, but this, this is this is just how it works. The small hall boxing where it's like a local promoter will put on a show and you'll get a few like people have to sell tickets to go and it's hard to it's very hard to make it. It is. I, 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 loads of people start off there and they, it's their dream to make it to the big the big stage which is like you know matroom, the Eddie Hearn it's like you know trying to make it to New York for the, to live the American dream it's that kind of thing so I had the opportunity of a lifetime to fight on a Matchroom show where I wasn't signed with Matchroom. now I had built in my head I was like I'm gonna stand out so much here I'm gonna do so many out of the ordinary things he's gonna have no choice but to sign me so On the open workout. And I thought, right, this is my real chance to capture people's attention. I think the ADHD kicks in here, the and giving me the ability to not give a fuck, (laughs) is I dressed up as (laughs) Spider-Man. I run up to the ring. I flip over the ropes. I do a backflip. I do a handstand, and I start breakdancing. And now everyone's just like... "Uh Like, what's what just happened? It's like mm. They're, like, taken back. It's like, oh, my God. Now, the press conference the next day, I wasn't going to say this. And I don't know where it came from. Like, it was a joke I may have said before. But I was sitting on a press conference table. Now, look, when we said earlier, when there's a camera on us, we feel very, the anxiety kicks up a little bit because we may say or do something that's like, oh, no. So Eddie comes to me, he goes, Brandon, the Spider-Man thing really caught people's attention. He said, do you want to tell us about it all? I said, yeah. Well, I said, firstly, I got to say my trainer, Gavin, over there. He said to me, look, Brian, this is like nothing you've ever experienced. It's almost going to be like the time you lost your virginity. And I just said, and if that is the case, then we are in for a quick fight. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone starts laughing. And I say, no, seriously, now, This is a blink and you'll miss it. (laughs) And it was funny. And, you know, leaving the press conference room, it was there again. I was like, did I really just say that? Did I really just say that? It, was, it, was, it worked out well because it was funny. And then, the next press, that day, at the weigh-in, most people strip down to their boxers and they're in normal, you know, the Hugo bosses, blah, blah, blah. I wear a Superman thong with a cape and the big red socks. Bang! I'm there on the scales doing the Superman. Mm. And I'm just, I'm just trying to generate as much publicity as I possibly can. A, because I'm a massive nerd. We were speaking about films off this. I've got... Collectible upon collectible. I've seen film upon film. Jaws I'm obsessed with. I love everything to do with being a nerd. But I also thought, I want to use this to my advantage. I want to stand out as much as I can. And the ring walk, I came out and I flipped the ropes. Well, I attempted to flip the ropes. Well, I landed it. It may not have been as crisp as I wanted it to be, but I landed it. Um, as the karate kid, mm. I came out to the song Cobra Kai, you're the best. After the fight, I was so convinced that I was signed. I was like, it's done. I'm a matrimon box. I was like, yes. And I go home and time starts to pass and no contract came through. And now my, obsessive, my obsessiveness was like, where's my fucking contract? I was like waiting day upon day. I was like, I couldn't enjoy my life because all I could think about, I'd wake up and I'd look at my phone. Is it there? Yeah. So and there was a point when I almost gave up. I was like, maybe it just wasn't meant to be. People were saying to me, um, look, Brand, maybe it just wasn't meant to be. Maybe it's just, look, maybe you could fight on another show. They have, and at least you can say you did everything you could and you went out swinging. And I said, politely, I said, fuck that. I want to be a matchroom boxer. I'm not going to be happy unless it's anything other than that. So they do, on, a, on the fight day, they do a thing called the 5K. They do the 5K run. They call it the fight day 5K. Mm. And this was in Ireland. I live in Wales. You know the countries, Wales and Ireland, not close. <laughs> not close at all. So it's Wednesday and I'm sitting in my gym and I'm struggling to train. And my dad goes, what, what's wrong with you, Brand?" And I said, so what, why, why haven't they given me a contract? Said, it's been a month now. I said, what, am, I, am I not good enough? And I was doubting myself. And I was like, what's going on? Why aren't I signed? And he said, look, he said, if you want something that bad enough, you'll get it no matter what it is. I was like, what do you mean by that? He said, if you want something that bad, nothing will stop you from getting it. And it just clicked in my head then. I just got it sealed in my head that I'm not going to stop until I'm signed. So we went to Cardiff to watch my friend box, which is an hour from where I live. We stopped in a Jokes costume and we seen a Forest Gump costume <laughs> with the big beard, the mm. Bubba Gump hat. We were laughing. Oh, that's funny. Look at that Forest Gump life is like a box of chocolates. All that. And then we watched the boxing and we go home, think nothing of it. It's now Thursday. There's a guy who does interviews, always interviews Eddie Hearn, called Parsons, Charlie Parsons. I messaged him. I said, Parsons, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to ask Eddie Hearn, why am I not signed yet? I, I just got every contact. I was going I was sort to of corner him. He was going to wake up in his sleep and go, huh, and see my face. He wasn't going to be able to get away from me. My mom said to me, oh, they do a 5K run brand. This is almost done. But I said, we they do a 5K run. And I, I clicked. or a scum costume. I'm going to do a dress as Forrest Gump. I'm going to run the 5K as Forrest Gump. I drove to Cardiff Mm. that day, got the Forrest Gump costume, came back, booked plane tickets to Ireland, flew to Ireland to do a run. I ran up to him, I did the 5K as Forrest Gump, and well, the rest is history. You got
0: the contract. I got the contract. All of that impulsivity, out-of-the-box thinking, creativity, fearlessness, all traits of ADHD, got you... Got you what you wanted. That's what I, I was... It
1: was a long-blown long, long blown message. I wanted to say, if it wasn't for my ADHD, mm. if it wasn't for me, my bu- my past, when I've been bullied so much that I've just developed so much calluses in my skin where I don't care what people think about me, if all that bad, those bad things didn't happen to me, the best thing in my life wouldn't have happened to me. So was it bad? Or was it character building? Sometimes, you know,
0: they say blessing in the skies. Mm. You've got, for your age, in your industry, you've been signed to Matchroom, which is the equivalent of the, the biggest achievement you can get within that industry at such a young age. When you're lying in bed sometimes with those, like, racing thoughts, do you ever feel imposter syndrome? What's imposter syndrome?
1: I'm not, I'm, I'm not an expert
0: on all this. When you feel like you're a bit out of your depth and you don't perhaps deserve to be where you are no. because of a feeling of insecurity...
1: I've worked, I I get, because I get the insecurities of certain things, but with boxing, it's the one thing in my life, I know how good I am at it, but only because it's it's my life, it's what I do, every day since I was 12, I've done it every day, religiously, twice a day, every single day, I've got, I mean, I've injured now, I've had a hand operation, I'm still shadow boxing, I'm still watching boxing, I'm still, I'm still running, I had bone taken out of my hip, and I'm still limping down the road, doing what I can. It's, it's that mindset of not giving up being so obsessed that that's the one thing in my life where i know i belong you get places like if I, when i go to a nightclub people other people with ADHD you probably get this they don't like being with like a big crowds of people i'm in a nightclub and i just know i'm like i don't belong here i don't want to be here I, it's like there's a difference between not like when i'm running in the rain I'm like, oh my god this is shit but i know it's for a, it's good i know it's it's a it's an investment. Mm, the outcome makes it worthwhile. Exactly. When I'm in a club, I don't drink anymore because of this reason. I'm like, I'm in this club. I'm like, people just, I don't I don't want to dance. I'm like, I'm going to wake up tomorrow hugging my toilet. Mm. And I'm just like, I don't belong here. This is not what God put me on this planet for. This is not meant for this. When I'm boxing, no. I'm like, this is where I'm meant to be. You probably have it with your life. You probably have some way you're not. Meant you like a place you know you're not supposed to be. It's like, this is this is not me. Other places you'll find this is me nightclubs, yeah, <laughs> the same, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> team ADHD. Yeah, yeah. But it's just what I this there's, there's certain things I feel I'm made for,
0: and no boxing's one of them. Mm. How's your mental health now? How's your mental health today? Uh, it's better now, but two weeks ago,
1: I was in a very, very, very dark place only because I live such a consistently active life where I wake up. uh, It's it's a routine, especially in fight camp. I wake up, I have breakfast at nine in the morning. I go to my, I train. I I train an hour and a half from where I live. I travel to Cardiff, I train. I come home, I have food. I I have food, I have a couple hours rest. I train again in the night. I come home, I watch a film, I go to the bath, I go to bed, I wake up, repeat, it's Groundhog Day. That's why I like to live, because it's, it's consistently active. I know it's what I like to do. But after I had the operation, I couldn't do anything. And I mean nothing apart from watch TV. Now, because I, I had hip bone taken out to put it in my hand, I couldn't walk. I couldn't walk, I was stuck in my bed. I couldn't even play my, my PlayStation because I had no movement in my fingers at the time. I couldn't, I couldn't even turn. I was, I was literally, I was stuck in the same position for a week. Well, some people laying in bed watching films would have—they'd have loved that. But it just drove me so. I—you imp- wouldn't believe how depressed I was. I was sitting there, my mind was just wandering, and I was like, oh, "Look at you! You're not doing anything." And like somebody said, but that, that voice telling you go and do go and do this. I try and get out of bed. Mm. I try and walk, and I'd be like, "Oh," and I was like, I couldn't get out of my room. So I'd go back in bed. I couldn't do anything. So, last, I'm very open and I'm very honest. I'm fine now because I'm able to run. I'm able to walk, be able to travel to London to speak to you, you know. But a, a couple of weeks ago, I was so so bad because I couldn't do anything. Mm. And it's just—it's not even that I couldn't do anything. My mind was just wandering. I was doing nothing, but my mind was working overtime. He was—he was—he went to Wonderland. Mm. He was—he was having a—he was having a blast.
0: Yeah, I hate that. I, can't, I think to have to put, to have, have a an ADHD constrained with nothing to do or unable to do anything. That that's, that sounds like a
1: nightmare. It was horrible. And I mean that. And when it comes to my, my mind and my head, I'm very good at controlling it. I'm mm. very good at knowing where I am. Mm. I know where I am. There's no dispute of that. But when I, what that it, it was only a week, but it felt mm. like a year. Mm. Felt like years, sitting in my bed. I couldn't even make my own food. I couldn't even make my mm. own food. I couldn't even pick up a glass with my hand. I felt so useless. I felt like I did when I was a kid. I felt hopeless. I didn't know what to do. Mm. first time I felt like that in
0: years. Mm. I'm not going back there. Horrible. We're going to try the new section. It's called the washing machine of woes. Washing machine of woes. Every week I ask my Mm. Instagram community to send me in their ADHD woes and I pull one out of the washing machine and see if you relate to it. It's a washing machine because... ADHD people, not all of them, sometimes, can forget to take their washing out of the machine. Do you relate to that or? uh no? Only because
1: the way my house works as well, my mother does all the washing. Mm. I put my clothes in the washing basket, I take it downstairs. Oh, you, got, you, got, you got a mum to help. Exactly. mum ma- <laughs> knows if I left my I still have clothes in there from when I
0: was 12. So my mum knows. Let's see what this week's woe is from the washing machine. It is. I don't relate. I'm very sensitive to rejection, but it's weird because I feel like it's the little things that set me off, but I'm extremely calm about big things. Are you sensitive to rejection? I used to be very sensitive to rejection. But now
1: I actually, to a degree, embrace it. Mm. My advice to that, you just got to get used to it. I, what I found was when you do like, something bad, You do it so many times, in the end, it it, it just becomes normal. I'm not saying you want to live constantly being rejected, but it's like, I think it's, I don't think, I don't think that person is, is, doesn't hate rejection. I think it's the thought of rejection. That's the worst thing about thinking of being rejected. I've got that, I've got that in my mind perfect now, because it's like, it's the same with getting punched in boxing. It's not the punch. It's the thought of being punched is 10 times worse. It's the thought of being rejected. It's that, before you go up and speak to a girl, what if I get rejected? If she actually rejects you and you walk on, it's just, oh, you realize it's not that bad. You've just got to taste rejection. No, because once you've done it and you, you survive, mm. you realize that's not the worst thing in the world. It's the thought of being rejected. It's the build-up. It's the, what if they say no? What if they laugh at me? What if they, it doesn't matter. If every, like, some, if if I, they, like, I woke up tomorrow and I lost everything. I Like, I lost all my boxing. I lost everything. I lost my, like, uh, I haven't got millions of followers, but I got, I got a couple. I lost every single one of them. I had my family. I had my friends. You would be shit, let's face facts. But you've got what matters. Mm. Anything else is a bonus. Regardless of what happens to me today in terms of being rejected, I'm going to, if it's great, amazing. But I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to have breakfast. I'm going to go on with my day. If I get rejected, it's shit. But I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to have breakfast. I'm going to get on with my day. I think when you zoom when you zoom out and just think, does it really matter? It's like, it'll be temporarily crap. Yes, it's not going to feel nice. But in a month's time, will I remember it? Probably not. Mm. So I think my... I, I used to relate. Yes, being rejected is horrible. But when you learn that it doesn't really matter, people laugh at you, it doesn't matter. Mm. You have what matters in life. The main thing.
0: that's the second part with being calm around the big things. And I guess for you, that's your boxing fight. So you quite calm in the lead up to the, the big events? Very. And, um, my last fight,
1: I was the calmest person in the changing room. You know, from being like, I was trying to calm, like, my father and my boxing coach, Gavin Reese, and, like, the corner man. They were were all nervous. And I was like, guys, calm down! Because they... uh, I don't care if people think of me. I don't care. Because words just... Boing, 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 boing. Doesn't matter. When I see, like, they can affect people around me, then I'll start to maybe... Oh, is it worth thinking about? Oh, if if it's made, like, people close to me, is it worth... But... When I, when I box, people around me get very emotional. Like my mother, my, my father. I'm the one calming them down because I know. Like, I don't want to lose. I don't think I'm going to lose I'm very confident in myself. It's like, is it the end of the world if I do? No. Because, like I said, maybe shit. I'll wake up tomorrow, I'll have breakfast, and I'll go on with my day. Don't let thought crush you too much. Just enjoy. Have fun. Go one go around this planet. Don't live other people's lives. Most people, I feel, are spectators in their own lives. They're, they're just, yeah. they're watching themselves. Be you. You Don't think people are going to like you? It do not matter. I feel so free. I feel so at peace in my jaw's <laughs> in My jaws Christmas <laughs> yeah. jumper. Because, and me, mm. the peace I have now, knowing I haven't got to hide anything, it's just like we said earlier. <laughs> my best advice. You.
0: Are there any little things that really
1: wind you up? When I die on Fortnite because I lagged. When my signal kills me and not because someone was better than me. When someone shares my Facebook, when someone shares a meme I've put on Facebook but doesn't like it, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> little things yeah. can infuriate me. Yeah, that the rage when Something technical doesn't work the way it should. Exactly. It's like I'll walk past a table, I'll stub my toe on the table. I'm like ah, I'll kick the table. Mm. Ah, and then in the end, I look at the table and I'm like, "You're yeah. not even alive." That's what childish I am. I'm like, haha uh-huh. you don't, <laughs> you don't exist. I do. It's like you're an inanimate object. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> eat food on you later. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> Very childish in some yeah. ways, mature in some ways, childish in other ways. Um, But yeah, little things, Mm. it's the little petty things that I'll Mm. be honest, I I think they'll infuriate the most calmest person alive. Mm. You're never going to get rid of it all, as long as the big things don't trouble you, that's fine.
0: You're someone who has had adversity and you've come out the other side and you're achieving amazing things. If there's someone listening who feels that their condition, their Tourette's, their ADHD, (laughs) whatever it might be, it's going to hold them back in life and they're not going to be able to achieve what they want to achieve. What would you say to someone like that? Embrace it. Merge with it. Don't,
1: Don't try to push it away from you. Don't push it away. Just embrace. Become one. Because then you can learn to work with it, not fighting against it. Like I said earlier, what I thought was my biggest downfall, what I thought was going to hold me back in the long run, well, the long run, in now, has ended up working so heavily in my favor, it's untrue. So, learn to work with it. Look, you can't, maybe you are in a position where it's going to affect your life, but just make the best of it. It's pointless dwelling on something you can't control. It's pointless. If you can control it, or maybe, and you're not comfortable with it, that's fine. But if you're not, if you're, trying to hide it because you're scared of what other people are going to think, that's no good. You're Never going to reach your full potential. Just merge with it. Like you, you've, you've said, I've, just, I've watched loads of your clips. People have said, the best thing I've ever done is been diagnosed with ADHD because, well, it takes all of that. Oh, what's going on with me off? You know, I've got ADHD. You can work with it. You know what it is. Work with it. Don't work against it. I know it may seem like a disadvantage, but, you know, blessings come in disguises sometimes. I, I, I think I don't think we're held back. I think we're superheroes.
0: It's so true. I think if you're if you if you are or you think you are like a fish swimming against the tide, of course it's going to be exhausting trying to swim against the tide. And actually, when you realise that, just let yourself drift in, in the way that you're supposed to go. Just go with the flow, man. Yeah. <laughs> Ride the surf the wave of life. Have
1: yeah. some fun. Don't take life too seriously. Mm. What scares you? Spiders. Mm. Anything more with four legs. <laughs> no. Right. <okay. laughs> um. No. Uh, if you said, what scares me, I. D- I'm open to new experiences, but like I said, I'm I'm not really scared of anything. Like I said, you know, before, I'm not scared of people when I fight them. Do I get nervous? Yes. But
0: honestly, other than spiders, I'm not really scared of anything. Mm. You scared of anything? Heights. Heights. Mm, my legs start shaking yeah vertigo i can't stand it
1: i don't think anyone like really likes heights today like i mean like when i like go on like really tight high rides mm. i get i get like oh fuck me <laughs> yeah. but i'm not like
0: Ugh! i I, th- I think people do it for the adrenaline rush don't they you know you, you, you on the eiffel tower one of the floors has a glass floor oh no no, no and no, i no, see that. people just walk over it. yeah I know. With no fear or something oh, but i can't go anywhere near it no those people aren't, aren't happy with life <laughs>
1: Those people, if they're happy to wage their life like that, they're not happy with life. And I'm sorry, but if you disagree with me on that, you're wrong. It's like people who jump out of a plane and they're leaving their life mm. in the hand of a parachute. You can't be that happy with your life mm. because you're leaving everything down to literal string. It's a string holding you to a... It's like, what are you doing? I'm not, I'm not scared of heights, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? It's like, It's like... I, again, I love sharks. Mm. It doesn't mean I'm going to jump in in the ocean and swim with a shark. People Oh, that shark won't attack you. How do you know? Did that shark tell you it's not going to eat you? So it's not going to go, It doesn't attack you until it gets hungry. Mm. I'm not scared of sharks, but I'm not stupid. I don't test death. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> I'm not an idiot.
0: Brandon, if you could go back in time to the little version of you that was being bullied when you were a kid, what would you say to yourself?
1: Stay on the exact path you are. Exact path you are, because I I don't know what my life would have ended up like if I would have went down a different way. But I don't care because I'm happy now. A lot of people, a lot of people in life, they can't. If you say to them like, especially my age, you ask a twenty year old, what do you want to do with your life? A lot of them, they won't be able to give you a straightforward answer. You'd be like, oh, I'm 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 going to go in union. You can see that they're like. You'll, you'll, like especially where I'm from you'll struggle to find a solid answer me I'm going to be a world champion boxer it's done I'm so confident this going to happen I know what I want since I was 12 I've, I've been on this one way path I'm just I haven't it's there I, I know it's what I want I know it's what I want so I just say to me just stay as you are maybe shit now just stay as you are but brush your teeth <laughs> comb your hair and smile. Mm. I'd say, just, just I, I, I don't know what my life would have been like. I could have ended up engaged to Megan Fox if I invested in Bitcoin. <laughs> Brandon, invest in Bitcoin. It's one pound. Put a tenner in. Yeah. And then we'd be Skyping with me in Vegas right now.
0: If you sold it before the crash,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's going to go back up. You want to
0: <laughs> I got a lot of money in Bitcoin again. Yeah. Don't speak bad.
1: Have faith, <laughs> Alex. Have faith.
0: A bit of a closing tradition. I ask all the guests the same question at the end. What's the most impulsive thing you've ever done? It's probably the, the flying to Ireland and doing
1: the Fight Day 5K. Only because it was, I was in my house, and on the Wednesday, I was getting a bit depressed because I wasn't signed by Matchroom. And the day after, I'm flying to Ireland for one night to do a run. It was, that, for me, that's the stuff you see in films. It's like, that's what I want, that's what I'm going to get. I did it. And I'm so proud of myself. Like I said, if I lose everything, I know. I've, I'm, I'm so proud of myself for overcoming so much adversity, for overcoming my, not overcoming, but working with my Tourette, working with my ADHD, working with my, my, with my bullying, working with people laughing at me. I would have crushed so many people. I would have held so many people back. I'm so proud of myself because I've overcame it. I've made it work for me. I don't know how. Just learn. I've, I've developed a very good mindset of it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm going to flip it. What about you? Most impulsive thing. I'm curious.
0: Buying a car when I was 18 on, on using credit cards to get the deposit for the finance agreement. Then oh, come, wow. Um, yeah, it's getting into silly financial situations through just impulse purchasing, really.
1: Yeah.
0: Like I said, all
1: those built character building mm. made you who you are today. Yeah. So... Is it a bad thing? Doesn't sound like a good thing, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but lessons learned.
0: Mm. I think you're an inspiration, Brandon, to anyone who's listening who thinks that they can't achieve what they want to achieve because of whatever it is that they're living with. You've taken it and shown the world that anything's possible. And what does the future hold for you? Future holds me being the best in the world. Mm.
1: That's what I want. I said in an interview before, people say they want to win a world title belt. To have a belt. You get a belt when you win the world championship. I don't want the belt. I want the title of me saying, I've gone from everyone laughing at me to being the best in the world. The belt, great to have in a hundred years time, that belt will probably be dissolved into dust or whatever. We own, we own nothing. We don't, I've seen it before when someone's saying, we don't even own our bodies. We don't, I don't own this. I'm borrowing it. Only thing we actually own are moments in time. We will own this moment in time forever, speaking on this podcast. I will always own the moment that I walked out as Darth Vader. That's my moment in time. And when I'm the best in the world, I can say this will forever be mine. Love it. Love that. Brandon, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm now going to catch a train home, get a Greggs. Wee
0: that's good thanks mate
1: thank you very much for having me